We just had our great unsponsored football segment brought to you by To Be Determined. We've now got Phil Steele. This is another great football segment, this time of the college football variety. He's, of course, ESPN Insider, and you can check out his Phil Steele College Football Preview magazine. I get it every single year. Phil, thank you so much for taking the time today. Hey, a real pleasure. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the University of Pittsburgh. I do want to touch on West Virginia and Penn State with you uh, as well, but I don't think so far that we've seen Pat Narduzzi quite live up to the expectations. Uh, He had a good year a couple of years ago. Uh, They defeated Clemson last year. They beat Miami. So there have absolutely been moments. How far away do you think this team is from being a legitimate division contender? Um, I don't know if they're going to quite get there this year, but uh, I see the improvement coming for uh, Pitt. And I think once once they get to the uh, Narduzzi having his entire personnel on the defensive side of the ball, including those shutdown cornerbacks, then I think we're going to see the offense maybe uh, get some decent quarterback play. Things could change. And, and this year I do see an improved Pitt team. I mean, they're a team that had been to a lot of bowl games, just came painfully close last year at 5-7. and seven. Uh, when I talked to Coach Narduzzi this year, he likes what he's got a quarterback in Kenny Pickett, says he could be the best they've had there in quite some time. Uh, you look at the running backs with Hall, Davis, and Allison, they're all solid. Uh, the receiving core uh, is decent, not overwhelming. The offensive line looks good, and defensively the front seven looks good. My number 43 rated defensive line, number 25 set of linebackers. Now, uh, Pitt, when you look at them uh, coming into the season, they've got a fairly tough schedule. Number 20 in the country, you know, talking taking on teams like Penn State in the non-conference slate, Notre Dame in the non-conference slate as well. But I think this team's got a chance to get back to a bowl game. I don't know if they're a, a true contender in the Coastal this year, though. You did not mention the fact that they're playing defending champion UCF as well in the non-conference schedule, Phil. <laughs> Forgot. That sort of slipped my mind. And, uh, yeah, and UCF had a great record last year. Uh, and actually, Pitt will probably be a slight underdog in that game. UCF has got a lot of talent coming back this year. Uh, Phil Steele joining us here on the Crowley Show. So when you look at the ACC Coastal pecking order, uh, where do you have Pitt in terms of that this year? Uh, actually, I have them sixth, uh, which is pretty low considering where I thought they would be when I, after I finished talking to Coach Narduzzi. But it's a loaded division here in the Coastal. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech always rebounds big when Paul Johnson uh, is there, and they're coming off a losing season. Virginia Tech, you always have to count near the top. I think Duke's got one of the best defenses in the country. I read it number 18. Wow. And North Carolina is a team that, uh, you know, in 15 and 16, they were 13 and 4 in ACC play. Everybody forgets about that. Everybody's picking them sixth in the, the division right now. But I think when you look at North Carolina, they don't have to face Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, or BC. They've got four, uh, 13 returning starters coming back. I think they're going to be a much improved team. And they've always been tough on Pitt since they've joined the ACC. Phil Steele joining us here on the Crowley Show. Now, how about Pitt's second opponent of the season, Penn State? I think Pitt fans would consider the season a success no matter what happens if they're just able to beat Penn State. Uh, What kind of chances do you give them in that contest? Uh, You know, I I rank it pretty pretty decent chance. I've got, uh, right now in Vegas, Penn State's a 14-point favorite, but I only have about a 6-point favorite in the game. 
Uh, you know, when you look at Penn State, they lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball. They only have three returning starters on that side. They're still very talented. In fact, you know, going through the team every year with Coach Franklin, I'll take you back to the first year, which was five years ago. They went about one deep. Very, had very little guys in the second deep or third deep. Now they go three, four deep in almost every single position. They've got Trace McSorley back, and yes, they're going to miss Saquon Barkley, but I think Miles Sanders does well there. The receiving core is solid with Tompkins and Johnson. The offensive line, I rate 15 best in the country, the defensive line. I still rate eighth best in the country despite the losses. Wow. And the special teams are good as well. They're one of nine teams that rank in my top units in all eight position categories. And they're a legitimate national title contender as well. I have number 12 in my power poll. But when you look at their schedule, uh, they, you know, they get Ohio State at home, which is huge. And they're, they only have one road game against a team that had a winning record last year. That's Michigan, a team they beat 42 to 13. I think if everything came together well for Penn State, especially defensively, they could be extremely tough. But, uh, I look at this as a rivalry game. I look at the fact that the last time Penn State traveled to Pitt, they ended up losing. Last year's game was probably closer than the final score. Sure. And that's why I don't have them an overwhelming favorite on the road. I think that's going to be a great game. Phil, uh, just looking at Penn State's schedule, as you alluded to, uh, Wisconsin's on there. Uh, they'll play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. How do you see those teams tiered? I, I see a lot of people have Wisconsin and their returning offensive line as a, a legit favorite this year. Yeah, I've got Wisconsin's offensive line rated number one in the country, and they've got some guy at running back, Jonathan Taylor, who uh, really burst on the scene last year. They've got a veteran junior quarterback in Alex Hornerbrook. Uh, they have my number three or number two linebacking core in the country, number 14 set of DBs. They're loaded. The only thing I don't like about Wisconsin this year is their schedule gets a lot tougher. You look at last year, they had one of those schedules where their road games were against Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Well, this year their road games are against Iowa in Kinnick. Stadium, Michigan, Northwestern, and Penn State. So it's a lot tougher road schedule for the Badgers this year. But I do think that there's still a legitimate title contender along with the four teams in the East. And the Big Ten East is the best division in all of college football. We're talking Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State, all in the same division. And I think all four of those teams are legitimate top ten and legitimate uh, title contenders. I want to flip to West Virginia now. Uh, I am a big West Virginia guy. Uh, went there. took me five years to graduate, but I think that's one of the reasons why I love them as much as I do. Are they a legit Big 12 contender this year? I think they are. The Big 12 is wide open. I would go uh, six deep in my Big 12 title contenders, and you have to put West Virginia up there. And they've got the, you know, they're the sexy team because they've got Will Greer back at quarterback. And, you know, I think they probably would have won a couple more games than seven last year had Greer not got injured at the end of the season. If they can keep him healthy, they're in great shape. They've got two outstanding receivers in Gary Jenkins and David Sills. Jennings, I should say, and Sills. Uh, both basically 1,000-yard receivers last year. The offensive line looks solid. And when Tony Gibson, their defensive coordinator, finally has a veteran defense. I mean, he's had three returning starters and three returning starters the last two years. Now, this year he steps it up. He's got five returning starters. A lot more of the top tacklers are back. I think they're going to be a much improved on the defensive side of the ball. Now, their schedule's not easy. I've rated the 12th toughest in the country. Talking about road games against NC State. Uh, Lubbock and Texas Tech is never easy. Iowa State and Ames is not easy. Texas, Oklahoma State. And then, of course, home games against Oklahoma and TCU. But to me, the Big 12 is wide open. Oklahoma lost a lot with Mayfield. Lost some of the, uh, the defensive side. Uh, 
side of the ball as well. TCU's very inexperienced on the deep or on the offensive side, and uh, you know Texas, is, you know, we're still waiting for them to make that step up. So any of those six teams can win it. Phil Steele joining us here on the Crowley Show. You can check it out, philsteele.com. Get the magazine. Uh, I do every single year, and I read it at the beach, and I'm going to the beach next week, and I'll be reading it uh, there. Uh, Phil, I I did want to ask a question, not specifically about West Virginia, but I can use them as the jumping-off point. They've really had a lot of success with grad transfers and transfers overall. They got a couple coming from the defensive line, uh, one guy from USC and uh, another guy from Clemson. Do they? It seems to me that they do that maybe more than a lot of other teams, and I think geographically them being on the East Coast and having to play in the Big 12 probably factors in, but what are some other teams that do a lot of that? Well, we're starting to see more and more of it in college football, and uh, it's one of the main reasons that, uh, you know, my magazine goes to the press a lot later than everybody else. You know, I look at Joe Burrow going from Ohio State to LSU. Uh, we go out at the end of May after the coaches have had their exit interviews with the players. Uh, you know, some players don't like what they hear in the exit interviews. They have to transfer with the grad transfer rule. Uh, they get signed up in another place pretty quickly. But I've seen it more and more prevalent. In fact, a lot of times, well, you know, this year I talked to over 100 head coaches during the uh, spring uh, and we spend about an hour with each head coach going over every single player on the team and sometimes I'll be like coach you're a little thin at this position and they'll be like yeah we're looking to bring a graduate transfer in here so there's still going to be more signed and I think it's just a uh, it's not only a trend right now I think it's a, a way where a lot of teams are looking to fill their needs it's much easier with a graduate transfer than it is with a JUCO because generally JUCOs they take about a year to get up to speed with the FBS level and then the second year they have the big time year, right. but a graduate transfer has been playing at the FBS level. Uh, Phil, when do you have any downtime? I mean, how much how much time do you put in uh, to the magazine? Obviously, it seems like a lot. And in terms of your favorite coaches, who are the guys that you like to talk to the most? Who are the most forthcoming and candid? Uh, I think the majority of them are, which I really like because they know if they say something to me, it's uh, you know that's where it ends right there. But uh, probably favorite coaches, I would say, out of the SEC, uh, Jimbo Fisher's uh, one of my favorites to talk to each and every year out of the uh, Big Ten. Uh, I'll go with uh, James Franklin, you know, and I, I hate to single out favorites here because there's so many good good, sure. good coaches, uh, you know, out of the Pac-12. Um, let's go with, uh, let's go with Clay, Clay Helton, the USC, or no, no, David Shaw of Stanford. Uh, I say David Shaw because I can talk to him about NFL stuff as well. He'll, he'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk to him about what the Cleveland Browns draft, for example, and he, he, he gives me the time and I really appreciate that. Uh, the big, the big 12, a lot of good coaches there. I'd have to go with Gary Patterson from TCU. So there's, you know, there's so many, uh, good head coaches out there. I enjoy each and every one of the conversations and, uh, we start the magazine stuff at the Sunday after Thanksgiving because some team season is complete. We've got about 15 people working here on the magazine and then we put six full months into it. A lot, a lot of long hours during that time. So right now, this is like my downtime here. I'm working 50, 60 hours a week just doing radio shows. Uh, it's almost like being on vacation. <laughs> Last couple of things here uh, for Phil Steele. Uh, Phil, when you're putting together the magazine this year, uh, are there four teams that stand out to you that you think, okay, they are clearly the playoff contenders, or do you have a group of 8, 9, 10 that you would consider? 
Yeah, I'd say a group of eight, nine, ten. There's two teams that I would definitely plop in there. Uh, that would be, and really going out on a limb here, Alabama. And, uh, you know, generally when you look at Alabama, they're always 117, 102nd in my experience level. This year they're number 50 on my experience oh, chart. No. So that's, uh, yeah, they're, they're actually, cause they lose so many guys in the NFL, they never have that experience. Now they've got it this year. And when you look at their schedule, they're going to be a double digit favorite in every single game. So I got a little, the pen out and I put Alabama into the playoffs this year and then the other one was uh we're, we'll let's go to the acc and I'll, I'll tell you after the season ended i said well clemson is going to really have to rebuild that defensive line because they got four guys they're going to leave early for the nfl guess what one by one they all decided to return uh, farrell lawrence wilkins bryant that's the best defensive line in college football perhaps the best defense in college football, and they have a top-ten offense. And Clemson, despite having to play Florida State, Georgia Tech, and a Boston College on the road, I think they'll be favored in every game this year. And uh, those are the two teams that I pretty much feel really, really good about making the playoffs this year. Phil, really appreciate the time. Uh, Love the magazine, love all the stuff that you do, and uh, love the fact that you're willing to uh, go on radio here and throughout the country. Appreciate the time. Hey, Adam, always enjoy talking football with you. A lot of fun today. Thank you. Be good. Thanks. There he goes. That's Phil Steele, philsteele.com. He, of course, is an ESPN college football insider as well. Coming up next, you know you're lucky to be Penguins fans, but you don't know why I think you're lucky. That's right. I'll tell you why next. It's the Crowley Show.